When we're young, we move with freedom and confidence, with a great resilience to injury. But somewhere along the line, we develop poor habits and become more vulnerable to back pain. Back Pain Solutions features evidence-based and practical advice to help you take back control of your health and get back to the activities you love. This is your guide to better back health through movement. So join us as we demystify some of the commonly held beliefs about back pain and build your confidence to a stronger back the smart way. Okay, welcome back to the Back Pain Solutions podcast, everybody, with me, Ben James, and as always, my co-host, Jacob Stain. Today, we're talking hip pain, or is it hip pain? Is it back pain? Is the hip pain being referred from the back or vice versa? This is often a question that we get asked by patients or certainly a symptom that we see from patients experiencing back troubles that they experience some hip pain as well. This specific episode we decided to create because of a a listener's comments and email to us. So Derek from the US, thank you for the feedback. Thank you for the review and thank you for posing the question because it is an interesting topic for discussion. So as always, before we start, take advantage of our ebook, get on over to our website, www.smartstrong.co.uk, download the ebook, start taking back control of your back health and your back pain today so you can get back to the activities that you love. So Jacob, hip pain. This is often a bit of a confusion, a bit of a confusing topic for patients because sometimes they will kind of focus on that hip pain or they they come in with hip pain and if we're just being symptom based then we can get led down a track of of focusing on the hip and and discounting the lower back and that often seems to be how some patients come in to see us they'll they'll have seen other practitioners they'll have focused on the hip but actually the problems the problems in the lower back do you see the same things yeah um exactly and i i think that's where a lot of people, because you know, a lot of people have the idea that the hip is the hip joint itself sits on the side of the body, you know, on the side of the, the upper leg here, next to the the glute muscles. And I think uh, a lot of the confusion is it's it's easy to to solve the confusion by understanding the anatomy, and that's what I usually do with my patients. I I first go into telling them exactly where they can find the hip joint and that hip joint pain would actually present very different to what they're feeling pointing to the side of the hip, you know, on the side of their glute. And so just like you said, then they become, then you have this big confusion. Well, what is it exactly? Cause it, it, you know, it's not a sharp pain. It's not a, it's not a, a pain that comes specifically by using my hips. Uh, other than when you would have a hip pain or a hip problem, a real hip uh, injury. But it would be maybe from walking long distances or sitting for a long time. And so then you should become a little bit suspicious to what is it, what is the actual cause. Yes. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good point. I think it's, it's that kind of pattern recognition, isn't it? But also um, I think quite often people kind of misunderstand where that pain actually is and when they describe hip pain it's not it's not necessarily the hip at all so that's a a bit of an educational piece as well as always that we we discuss about the the importance of the educational element from our side as practitioners and and informing patients about uh, about their their anatomy and about their their health in general and this is certainly one good example of that where that hip pain actually is more 
buttock pain and it's not not a deep kind of joint pain that that you would expect from a true hip injury or a hip issue exactly and so you got to ask yourself why do i feel it on the side of my buttock on the side of my my hip and so, so we as as uh, practitioners we we look at pain in different ways it could either be a local locally caused pain or it could be a refer a referred pain and, yeah and what you see often with this is it would be a low back injury that refers to the side of the buttock mm-hmm. you know and it, it can also refer even more to the front well, to the side of the hip, but more to the front side of the hip. And that's where we often get the confusion of hip pain instead yeah, of... Yeah, that kind of groin groin discomfort is often exactly. uh, communicated by patients. Yeah. Exactly. And without going into too much depth, a lot of that is is down to the kind of neurology and where the, the nerves exit the spine and the, the tissues, whether it be the skin or other structures where they, where they innovate, where they supply that... Um, neuro- neurology that's where the body kind of gets confused and that's how this kind of referred pain works to in simple terms so would you say jacob there's a percentage of patients that you see that, that have got a back pain that have got hip pain as well or does it does it vary do you find if we talk about true hip pain then i think i have seen people with a real back injury and true hip joint pain but they are very minimal. You know, it's, it's very seldom that I find a patient who has that. And it's either a, a real sports injury, uh, very unusual, or, you know, it's someone on the older side where they've got some arthritis, some degeneration at the hip, and now they've got low back issues as well. Yeah, and I was going to mention, I was going to mention age because, you know, with the, the hip is a hugely powerful stable joint so if you if you are young and you haven't had any significant injury then yes there are one or two or more conditions that that directly affect the hip but actually if you haven't had an injury then the likelihood of that pain being to true hip pain is is quite low i would suggest exactly it's a deep ball and soccer joint very strong capsule very strong joint and you know this this joint can take a lot from from running long distances to squatting heavy weights of course there's a limit to it you know if you would make a repetitive deep squats and and you start uh, impinging the joint too often then you can have some problems i've seen that as well but in general i think you know if we look at the biomechanics we quite often have this typical pattern recognition as you mentioned ben or a dysfunction that presents and that would be where we we sit a lot and we don't use our glutes our buttocks well enough and our hamstrings the posterior chain that suffers then becomes weak and so now we go for a long walk and we start getting or these muscles are start they start to want to protect the area but they're not used to the conditioning and so they cramp up and so we have a cramped up buttock area and so we don't use the hip properly, and then we start giving more work to the low back, and that just creates the dysfunction that we don't want. You know, more work at the low back, less at the hip, and uh, and that just gets worse. Yeah. So and and on that note, 
where those that are suffering from back pain, they, they, there has been research to show reflex inhibition of some of those muscles in the buttocks, particularly glute, glute med, which is an important stabilizer, you know, when we're walking, when we're doing key activities. So if you're suffering from back pain and then you're going out for a long walk and those muscles aren't uh, firing, aren't firing effectively and there's no endurance there already, then the, the cycle of uh, kind of vicious cycle of, of, of compounding that problem uh, becomes a problem because then you're starting to use, like you say, your lower back a little bit more in terms of a power generator for walking, which we definitely don't want. The flip side is for those people that are sitting a lot or, or generally um, our, our movements are very flexion based. So that posterior chain is generally weak, deconditioned in most of the population that are not focused on it or athletic or, or training those those particular muscles and as a result of that that can then lead to to back issues so weakness around the hip can then cause your lower back problems so it is fundamentally a, a hugely important platform for want of a better term in terms of being the power generator and we've discussed this before in terms of movement patterns to keep the back in neutral and, and moving from the hip but certainly uh, hip pain is is often a symptom described by sufferers of of low back issues rather than it being like you say jacob true hip problem discomfort so on that note what are some of the things that we could suggest to the listeners in terms of identifying hip pain versus uh, lower back pain really do we need some of those uh, do we need some of those clinical tests can people self-perform some of these tests at home just to try and understand or identify if it is actually coming from the hip or the lower back? So the first thing I, I think that somebody has to do is to, um, they've got to realize that either the, or they've got to do something to, they've got to try to, um, figure out whether it's a, it's a back problem or a hip problem. And it, it's to start off, it's very easy. You, you just assess your back when you get up in the morning. So you do a, a slight forward bending or backward bending or to the sides. Quite often at that time of the day, you'll see that if you make those movements, you'll get this light referral to either the buttock or to the front of the hip. That's the first thing. The second thing you could pay attention to is to, uh, is there any groin pain? You know, do you, do you experience groin pain at some times? Real deep groin ache. Sometimes it refers to the knee. And this would indicate a real hip joint injury. Uh, I have patients as well. They go to a CrossFit gym, for example, and sometimes when they squat, they will actually feel pain in their groin. And this is very significant of a real hip joint injury. I think other than that, uh, if you go to a therapist or a clinician, then I suggest you have your glute med strength checked. So the clinician therapist can test the strength of your glutes. And they should do some basic testing to see how it's going with your back. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be the key point. You know, don't be, if, if you are suffering from some hip discomfort and it is specifically the hip that you you feel is causing your pain, then don't go to a practitioner and uh, and just accept them looking at that that hip in isolation you know question could it be coming from my lower back could could a back problem cause that hip discomfort and it, and expect them to look at it holistically and to do the clinical tests uh, 
to rule that out because I think that's that's going to get you to where you want to be far far quicker far more efficiently if we're looking at this holistically looking at this as a as a whole and we we would always do a hip screen as part of a low back examination and vice versa um, to in order to rule in rule out uh, hip pathology of any kind so be sure be certain be confident to, yeah. to ask those questions and and challenge your your therapist your practitioner um on that on that area because it is it is important and quite often the hip discomfort is being referred from the lower back particularly if you're feeling more buttock type pain then often that can be that can be a, a back issue groin is a little bit more difficult because because groin pain is often what people experience with with true hip issues but again that can often be referred from from low back problems as well so that becomes a little bit more uh, difficult to identify but again clinical tests and a good history should uh, elicit that information so be be confident to to challenge your therapist and ask those questions and make sure that they are looking at your low back and in terms of proactively doing things for for the hips whether you've got pain already or you are trying to avoid discomfort or or strengthen your lower back and, and strengthen your body as a whole. Some good exercises to start with, Jacob, you know, a, a very good one, very uh, low impact, safe, keeps the back in neutral, but really starts to help people re-engage with those those glutes, particularly the glute med is, is the clamshell. Very simple, low impact exercise that's very much focused on getting that muscle firing again. I think that's something that everybody could do daily just to start challenging that muscle and get it get it active and start to get that area functioning properly again because as we say it's such a important platform for sporting activities endeavors but daily activities as well uh, and protecting your low back so any other exercises other than the clamshell that would be a good one to just for people listening to start focusing on those buttocks focusing on the area to start to build that strength build that endurance Two, two exercises I can think of. And the first one is the glute bridge. Uh, but I have to say, most people, when I get them to do the glute, glute bridge straight off, uh, tends to pull their low back hollow. So, you know, then I usually have to correct that. And so I, I want to... What do you mean by that, just, just for people listening? You, 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 are we talking arching the back egg, and overarching? Exactly. So they, they arch the... Well, they, in this case, we don't want them to arch the back at all because any arching of the low back when you sure. push your hips up in the glute bridge exercise means that you're, you're using your low back muscles instead of hinging at the hips using the glutes. Yes. So as always, we're keeping that back in neutral. That's, that's a mantra that we uh, will probably exhaust forevermore, but keeping that back in neutral exactly. first and, and employing that brace of the, of the abdominal muscles as always is a, is a, is a start to this exercise. But then I have to say for a lot of people, it's going to feel like they're twisting the hips forward. And in fact, they might be working very hard to twist the hips forward to maintain that neutral spine. In other words, not arching the low back. And so don't be afraid of twisting your hips forward. And when you get to the top, not, not overarching the hip or not over uh, shooting with the hips, you want to really squeeze the buttocks and maybe hold it there for five seconds. That's a great way to get the activation and uh, the brain communicating to these muscles going. Yeah, and, and, and another little tip as well for, for people that attempt this, this exercise often... Uh, if your glutes aren't firing effectively 
maybe are a little bit more hamstring dominant, uh, which we want to uh, avoid in terms of executing this exercise effectively. You can try and, if you're on a firm floor, just make sure you try, try and push those feet away from you a little bit as you start this exercise. That helps to uh, switch off the hamstrings a little bit, helps you to target those glutes so that when you are pushing up, it's coming from the glutes and and less so from the from the hamstrings. I think that's another important little tip that that helps people out with this with this exercise particularly. And for people listening, how how much would you, in terms of sets, in terms of repetitions, in terms of holds, if they're new to this exercise, we're not going to hold too long. Three seconds. When that goes well, you go to five seconds. Three sets of five repetitions on a daily basis. I think if you're consistent with it that's where you really build up this uh, communication to the the muscle groups that you need yeah and i think that i think that's the key point again you know we we've mentioned this before but the the repetition is important don't worry so much about um you know just how many you're doing on a daily basis or lifting heavy or all those things that that often we we focus on when we're when we're in the gym or people focus on when they're in the gym they they start to do these things and and kind of go too heavy go too extreme you've got to be patient with these things so being persistent and consistent is is the key so focusing on doing the clamshells every day lying on your left hand side and just lifting that that right hip up repeating that maybe 10 times doing the left side repeating a few times then doing something like the glute bridge as, as jacob's just described try holding it for three seconds first of all as you've executed that efficiently find that easier then increase that that length of time that you hold it but do it every single day because doing it every single day is what's going to get those muscles firing effectively and as you do that then you can start to add more challenging exercises and and over time you'll you'll create great strength in those muscles which is which is hugely supportive for the lower back as we've as we've said before so jacob some of the clinical tests that people might experience as part of an examination just so they can be confident that that they are being viewed holistically by a practitioner so uh, can you describe some of the tests to, that, that you use maybe and we'll just talk about that a little bit so people have a bit of a sense of of what they should be looking for when when they go to see a therapist just to give them some idea sure somebody comes in to my practice and they point to the hip saying they've got this diffuse spread out hip pain then i have a big suspicion and I'm almost 100% sure that it's not coming from the hip, but it's actually referral from the low back. And so I want to show to them, first of all, that it's not a hip problem because quite often they have a strong opinion that it's coming from the hip. And maybe they've been to a therapist before telling them that it's a hip problem and they've been treated for the hip and it just didn't get better for obvious reasons. And so then I would do a hip scouring to see what is their hip range of motion. Is there any limited range of motion? Uh, and then I would apply a little bit of pressure with internal rotation of the hip and external rotation, some axial load, and maybe some um, uh, adduction uh, compression. So, so just to, to describe that to listeners, what we're saying here is you, you, you're going to be lying on your, your back, and then generally they're going to flex uh, your, your knee, so bend your knee, and then we can take the the thigh, the thigh, the big bone in your in your upper leg, and apply pressure in different 
directions yes. in that joint. So 360, so look at it like a, a clock face, and we're going to move that that bone around the clock face and applying pressure and putting some tension in that joint just to identify if there is any signs of any hip pathology, something like maybe impingement. If you're if we're pushing, let's say, your your right hip across your body and applying some pressure, then maybe you're starting to get that pain in the hip if you've got something like impingement within that that hip joint that may then start to suggest well it could be a hip problem but if that scouring doesn't identify or recreate any of that pain then we're starting to think uh, that pain's more likely coming from somewhere else such as lower exactly right so that's the thing we 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 rule out first that there's nothing going on at the hip and usually the hip is doing perfectly fine and so then we go to the low back and then we we will assess the low back and i would generally if i think of referred pain it's quite often flexion based in other words and that means that if someone's flexing forward they're reaching towards the floor or they're reaching to get something they will feel something in the low back so i'll put them uh, on a chair or on my bench seated have them slouched really bad, apply a bit of pressure, move their upper body to the left and right, a little bit diagonally forward, left and right, and see if there's any referral going down to the buttocks or to the, to the hamstrings. And then I will play a little bit further with some nerve tension, straightening the leg or flexing the neck, you know, apply it. so getting the nerves uh, to, to stretch a bit more from their um, exit points in the low back. Yes, yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of trying to aggravate those structures a little bit in this scenario just to see if we, we cause that reaction and cause that that pain into, into the hip. So all of these kind of clinical tests yeah. uh, in isolation aren't always very, very strong, but collectively they should start to build up a nice pattern of where that structure is is damaged or where that that problem is occurring and really the point and the, the the take home here is make sure that if you're seeking out some support and you're seeking out some help that that practitioner is looking at not just your hip directly but is looking at your lower back because if you are younger if you've had no significant injury sporting or otherwise then the chances are that it's coming from somewhere else rather than the hip joint itself but we should always rule out that hip pathology we'll always see a, a clear history taken from the the practitioner so like we say be confident enough to to challenge them to look at your lower back as well if they're just taking a very much focused approach on on your hip in isolation because that is that is under estimating the potential problem and it's it's not the holistic approach we want to look for but i think from a proactive point of view focus on doing some of those exercises for for hip function for firing those muscles because in today's society they they're just so so weak so underestimated and without a focus you can be increasing your risk of of issues so jacob anything else really to to add there i think it's it's a fairly straightforward episode in terms of you know is it hip pain is it back pain but i think we both agree the majority of cases that we see that that would describe hip pain are actually suffering back pain rather than it being true hip pathology. So don't be distracted by that and make sure you're getting 
a full picture of the issue going on. Yeah. So what I want to add, Ben, is that, you know, when we talk about referral from the low back into the buttocks, we, what I've seen is two different types of referrals. There's the very strong referral, and that might be a, a, a trapped or impinged nerve or irritated nerve in the low back because of inflammation acutely or already chronic. And that would be something you can call up by creating nerve tension and you'll see it refer, refer to, the, to the buttock or maybe even further down to the hamstrings or even further down towards the foot. But we also have this spread out uh, achy referral into the lateral side of the hip area and into the buttock, which could have different uh, origins than a impinged nerve. And the, the big test for me often, I mean, I, I already have a good idea when I see people like this, and I see a lot of them that presents like this. Uh, the big test is after one week when they come back and we've fixed their movement, we've looked and made sure that they, they're limiting their movement through the low back so we can give an opportunity to heal. And we've said, okay, we're going to move more through the hips. And we've done some relaxation exercises specifically for the low back and for the discs. And we've started with light glute activation, but also especially light core activation exercises. And the, the, the thing that I see is when they come back a week or maybe two weeks later is that, you know, generally it's gone. So mm -hmm. that, that referral down, maybe they still have a little bit of low back ache now that they're also aware of it. Um, but the, the reality is that usually it's, it's a lot better or it's almost gone. And that surprises them a lot then, but then also understanding it, they, they know what actually is going on. And from there we can build better patterns and a better understanding and, you know, then they're motivated to do something about it. Yeah. No, and again, I know I've, I've mentioned it already, but, uh, they're, they're more kind of bought in to, to doing those exercises, to, to, to build the strength, to build the endurance, to build the ultimately the resilience to, to problems down the line because unfortunately the the lives that we lead and the desk desk jobs and the the sitting and and probably even more sitting now people a lot of people are uh, are working from home it's still uh, it's august 2020 as we record this episode so a lot of people still working from home as a result of the covid so a lot of these people are are just not using those those muscles as effectively as they should be. And, and that's a really big problem. So if you're listening and you haven't been suffering any significant issues, then definitely worth proactively looking at some of these exercises to start to build that resilience and start to train your body to work much more effectively. Because if everyone was doing that, then we would be seeing far, far lower rates of, of back pain and, and lower back problems. So Jacob, Thanks as always. Uh, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks as always for the reviews that we're, that we're getting. It's all helping to improve the show, give us a focus for the content that we create and share. As always, we really appreciate the, the podcast ratings that we're getting over on iTunes. So please head over there, look up the Back Pain Solutions podcast if you're listening to it on a different platform at the moment. Give us a rating, give us a review. It all helps. And as always, head on over to the website. You can contact us there with any queries, any questions. We can maybe answer those directly or answer them on the show as we have done 
today, hopefully. So thanks as always for listening, for listening, and we shall speak to you again on the next show.